Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cumanera, an Experience Points podcast. We're an all-queer cast Numenera podcast. I'm Kenny, the cast member who plays the lovable and simple lad Hillian. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review makes Kelric, the GM and producer's eyes, sparkle and helps new listeners to find us. Did you know that we had a Patreon? We are grateful to everyone who's already become a patron. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash experience points. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelric. I am the narrator for our Cumanera podcast. My pronouns are he, him. I remembered once again. I'm super excited. And today um, I am joined by my fabulous cast. Hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Tuna, a mechanical nano who rides the lightning, and her pronouns are also she, her. Hi, my name is Aaron. I, I use they, them pronouns. I almost forgot this time. And I play Rylu, a graceful glaive who speaks with a silver tongue, and their pronouns are also they, them. Hey there, it's Cage. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I will be playing Charlie, the strong-willed nano who talks uh, to machines, and she also uses she, her pronouns. And I'm Kenny. I use he, they pronouns, and I play Hillian Jossa, an earnest Jack who howls at the moon. He uses he, him pronouns. Wonderful. And I believe today, Kenny and Jess will be doing the recap as Hillian and Tiuna. Yeah, so we woke up in the morning over at Gaston's house, and and there was a really good breakfast going. I think Tuna got up and started cooking, and it was wonderful. Um, but then um, there were a lot of words going about and things needing to get done, um, and Rylu came in and then left quickly. I, I think there were some chores that needed to be done, and, uh, and, and they were just doing what they normally do, which is just kind of disappear at that, but... Tuna really didn't let that happen. Well, Gaston stepped in and they had more conversations. And um, we, we were we were sent to a marketplace. We had to go to some place to find something. And um, we went and there were lots of really cool things, flashy things, lots of Numenera, uh, really cool Numenera. And this person was kind of interesting. Well, anyway, they um um they they gave me a gift. Uh, it was a cool bracelet-looking thing. I I like it. I liked it a lot. But Tuna was suddenly very frustrated, and so we left. Um, and after we left, we were kind of going to go back to Gaston's, but then I smelled something so delicious that we had to go and get it. And so I got a sample of it, and the person who gave it to me was super nice. And um, yeah. Uh, I asked Tuna to get it for me, and, and she did. She got me some wonderful things, and then we went back to Gaston's house. <laughs> At Gaston's house, after Rylu once again made themselves useless, I tried to keep Hillian distracted. Gaston came out with another mission from the priesthood. Apparently, there's a map going about that leads to a place that can make unlimited Numenera. And we suspect it's probably the place that we ended up uh, outside of Edelale's village. This map in the wrong hands could be very dangerous. So we went to Gaston's contact, Milnew, who owns Sealed Ciphers, to try to find this map. 
uh, Milnu told us that it was with someone named Tom who hangs out at the, the Murden at midnight. So we're going to try to find the map and I guess give it to the priesthood, even though I don't trust them with it either. Radu did, for once, make themselves useful by finally showing just how they charm people. Rylu provided a substantial bribe to the guard who thought that I was someone else to get them off our tracks. So I guess it's not so much charm as it is money, but we'll see how many shins I have left after that. Perfect. Okay. So you were going to head to the Mergen at midnight and and you were not going at midnight, obviously. That's just the name. And you <laughs> that won't be confusing at all later. Perfect. Well done. And you were gonna head out in the early evening when it opens. It's in the north end of Ephraimon. I'm going to assume that you have done everything that you wanted to do in the meantime. Um it's early evening and Let's check in with Hillian real quick. How is he feeling? How 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 is he feeling right now? Hillian's really hungry. Um, uh, yeah, he. he I, I just want to eat, and, and I'm getting restless. I'm a little angry. Yeah. I feel like your skin would just feel kind of like it's itching right now. Like you're. Yeah, yeah. Hillian's definitely just uncomfortable, and uh, is it's like I think he tries to hide it, like. Uh, he he might be scratching, but he's like a little kid. When someone like looks at him, he just stops and freezes. <laughs> okay, super cool. And Tiuna, you and Hillian uh, uh, have been through this before. How does how how is that going for you? Knowing that you're about to leave because you have to go do something. Um. Well, Tiuna has like she normally does. Um, has tied Hillian to her with her unbreakable scarf. Um, and she also has a set of shackles in her bag. Uh, she's very nervous about this and is wondering if she should leave Hillian behind, but also doesn't want to leave Hillian just with Gaston when she doesn't trust him. Um, so she's going to risk it. <laughs> she's going to risk everyone in this town rather than leave Hillian with an unknown. <laughs> <laughs> don't pretend that's not on brand <laughs> I, I would never pretend that like this is it makes so much sense for Tiana that's why she's doing it she does also have just like an seemingly endless like stream of snacks that every time like Hillian kind of starts to tug a little bit on the scarf like he's getting restless she's like oh here have a another of those mushrooms that you like have another thing I just have this whole bag full of snacks and shackles Poppins <laughs> of snacks I also feel like and restraints as, <laughs> as well. That sounds on brand for Mary Poppins to me. For some reason. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I did read those books when I was younger. Very different from a movie. Um, I feel like as the evening goes on, the snacks become less satisfying, and Hillian is a lot more easily distracted by sense, perhaps less interested in the non-meat products you have. So the snacks become a little bit less effective as the evening goes on. And how about Rylu? Rylu's been through this before, and uh, how is Rylu feeling about this whole plan that <laughs> is about to unfold? 
Rylo's definitely nervous about this. So, I mean, they've definitely already pulled Shunan side, aside and we're like, are you sure that this is what we should be doing right now? I know that we have to go get this map, but you could just, I could just go, or I'm sure Gaston has other contacts. We shouldn't be taking Hillian out like this. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to leave Hillian alone with Gaston. Um, and I don't trust you to do this alone. I don't know why I paused. Like I was going to try to like flower my words up. You know how I feel about you. You know how you talk to people. <laughs> uh, Riley just rolls their eyes and says, well, if you insist on coming, you're the only one that can keep Hillian calm anyway, but you're responsible for this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, Rylu will pat the um, one of their razor rings on their side and just say, make sure you come armed. From what, it, from what I've been told, this place isn't as nice as everywhere else you've stayed before. Yeah, I was there at the shop where Molina told us what we were walking into. <laughs> not expecting this to be nice. And then Riley will walk off and just muttering about how uh, Numenera wielders are just so stuck up and they are super always about really nice locations and, you know, Tina's just not ready for this. Why don't we do a real quick recap of what your connections are to each other as far as Hillian is concerned? Yeah, I think the only thing that I have is that... Um, I know that Hilly needs to eat meat during transformations or he's going to suffer some really bad effects. And it's like a lot of meat, like a medium creature size worth of meat. Yeah. One human. <laughs> um, mine is specifically that I can calm Hillian down and like bring him out of his transformation. Right. You're the Black Widow to their Hulk without the romantic overtones. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Y'all are going out <laughs> with a Hillian at night on day one. Day one of five. Right. I mean, what better to have a giant uh, wearer beast in your back pocket when you're going to get something you need? All right. You all head off, and you find the Mergent Midnight pretty easily. It's you have a map and you've been told where to go. You're fine. The uh, As you approach it, the Murden uh, is a medium-sized structure within the roots of the ester trees that the city of Ephraimon is built around and on. The entrance is this cave-like hall that leads you into a very spacious bar. You look around and while the bar is a really good size, it's challenging to get a clean line of sight anywhere because you have these large tree roots blocking several different your sight in a lot of directions so there's definitely places for people to hide um there is a central area that is a bar built around a main tree root that is very cleverly designed with um all of this nano sort of tech light light structures built around it and actually carved into the root are places for um their little alcoves for intoxicants and it's got this fantastic number and uh, uh kinds of bottles filled with liquids gases and other intoxicants anything you can really think of is sort of spaced around and so it's really colorful and bright right there in the center with a bar around the outside edges of that 
Um, there are bartenders and bouncers evenly spaced around the bar and common area to prevent any misunderstandings with the patrons. And there is a sign that reads, any violence perpetrated on the premise constitutes a, a violation of your right to exist policy. So uh, it's posted at equal intervals all around the bar space so that it, there is no mistaking what is what is uh, at risk should you decide to break their rules. And yeah, um, when you enter the bar, the bar space to the north is a stage that is currently empty, but there are a few performers getting ready to go on stage. And to the south is a very small kitchen space with some amazing smells. Some small tapas-like dishes are going out with servers who are very efficient and appear discreet. That's where you all are. You have been sent there to find someone named Twom, and as you uh, look around, can I get some perception from everyone? Hillian is at disadvantage. Already? That's how we're going to start off the day? Yeah. A one? Perfect. Oh, this is brilliant. You also want me to roll one? Uh, no, you you will you will be coming in without one. That's a one. Um, so does that mean the difficulty level's up, uh, up on mine? Oh, yes. Okay. That's, that's what disadvantage does. Uh, yeah, I too have a one. Y'all! For those of you who don't know... <laughs> I feel like there. you just walked into like a dark place after being outside and your eyes are like adjusting to being able to see. <laughs> Little did we know tonight was the one night murders allowed at the murder. <laughs> <laughs> Amnesty night! Wait. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, when a player rolls a one in Numenera, it allows the narrator to put in a free GM intrusion, which means I don't have to give experience points for any intrusion I feel like giving. The players have rolled two ones, which means that should they decide they don't want the intrusion, they each have to spend experience point and they have to agree to do so. Can I have a, a can I suggest a GM intrusion? Certainly. The secureness of the scarf is not super secure. Why? Why Why would you do this? <laughs> uh, Hillian is more wiggly than normal and more shifty than normal and super agitated. <laughs> do you accept this? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I am oh. Is anyone going to turn down their or spend experience to turn it down, though? Well, so that's where we're at. I'm looking at, so, Tiuna. Yeah. For Tiuna, do you want the gym intrusion or do you want to pay not to have Can I wait to see what it is first? <laughs> sure. In your case, talk to me about things that Tiuna is, because I would like to know what are things that Tiuna is not good at in particular, besides Anything deception. Do with Don't say. Like, literally, charm, deception, and persuasion are all negatives for me. Also exciting news while we're filling this empty airtime. Um, this will be my last level up, so I will actually be a tier two glaive after this session. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fancy. Nice. All right. As you walk in, I think a guard will accost you. And in your case, they're going to 
see all of the nanotech on you that in your case is very, very visible. And they are going to demand to frisk you and make sure and make sure that your tech is not hostile. They have a set of Numenera dampeners that they are going to insist on putting on you for the duration of your time in the bar because you don't seem trustworthy. And why is this person tied to you? Um, huh. <laughs> so is that something that like, if I don't spend the experience point, like it'll just automatically happen? Or is it something that we can, like I can role play it out and try to get them to not do it? You, there's, anytime there's an intrusion, there is an opportunity for you to, if you fail, it could perhaps be something that, goes against the bar policy. Who knows? Well, I obviously don't want this person touching me. And I, I also don't want my new area to be dampened. So I'm going to say, no, thank you. <laughs> okay. So remove an experience from your... Oh, no. I mean, like, the person oh. I'm going to say no, thank you. Oh, so you're like, going to accept it then? That's... Yeah. Cool. All right. So the guard is kind of lanky and almost like their limbs almost remind you of like an insect. They, they look sort of human tangent. Like they're not quite human looking. Like there's something about them that seems off. If you want to do a quick perception check, let's see if you get any information from that. Oh yeah. You can tell this person is definitely a mutant. They, you don't know what their mutation is, but it definitely makes them a little bit more, it's, it's more obvious why they are a bouncer sort of character than just some random guard. Listen, lady, this is this is how it is. You you either put these on or you leave. And what's with this, this binding thing? What is this? Haven't you ever seen a parent leash their child so they don't wander off? Juna, I'm hungry. Yeah, and she'll just like hand, like dig a piece <laughs> of beef jerky out of her bag and like hand it over. <laughs> And Hillian will grab it, take a bite of it. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this person's gonna look at the two of you like, I, I do not believe this is your child. What? I never said that he was my child. I was asking, hadn't you ever seen that before? Yeah. Uh, Tuna. <laughs> no. no th this is weird. These bite. This is what these binders do. They will stay on until you um, walk out uh, the door. I will take them back while you are in here. This will dampen any Numenera you have on you. Well, I'm not putting them on. And I'm going to require you to hand over any ciphers you have. You can check well, over there. I'm obviously not going to do that. <laughs> Why are you being so mean to Tuna? Listen, you all can leave or you can follow the rules. This is how it is. You can roll to persuade if you want, or you can come up with some tact to, to get them to change their mind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to, like persuasion isn't her strong suit, so she's just going to say like, well, I'm not going to put them on, so either you let me pass or I guess I'll leave, and I guess I'll roll persuasion. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hillian actually has a, uh, uh, is trained in persuasion, or it's not, yeah. Uh, so Hillian's going to help. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. Let's see what you got. And what's the... Oh, let's see what you roll, and I'll let you know whether you pass or not. 
How do I know whether or not to look at it? Yeah. The moment is the hellion is trained in persuasion. Right? Nice. Oh, yeah. You, you, the person, they look at you and they're like, listen. And they look around and they're like, I can be persuaded to not let these binders go on you. But if my boss finds out, I could have some problems. And I think it's worth some compensation. Don't let your boss find out. Uh, way to not let my boss find out is not let you in. <laughs> if you want to come in, maybe there's a way to do some business here. And they just give you that look that this is how things are done. We, we found some really good mushrooms in the market. They don't even <laughs> dine to pay any attention to you. They're just looking at very late. And what's Rylu doing while all this is going on? I feel like Rylu went inside. <laughs> Honestly, I mean. Sounds about right. That would explain why Tina's on their own to figure this out. Yeah. And they just, they just, they're just waiting. Are you going? Oh, no, I'm totally doing stuff. I was just letting the scene play out. Okay. So this person is looking at Tina. Is Tina going to play ball or, or not? Tina's going to try to, like, brush past them to get inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's... Like she's She's basically just going to like be like, cool, we're done then, I guess. Like not trying to hit them or anything, but just be like, cool, so we did it. I'm going in and you're not putting the dampers on me. <laughs> okay, um, give me a speed roll. It's a 12 for the audience. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, the last one was a 14, so yeah. Good to... Yeah, okay. You get past them and <laughs> they they feel like if they make a big stink about it, then their boss is going to it's going to be bad, so they're just... Oh, Tina's the worst. <laughs> I love Tuna as Aaron. <laughs> just the worst. Cool. Y'all get inside, and uh, Hillian, you get dragged inside. It's, it's still early, but you, you take in everything, and you see the kitchen space, and... Uh, if the bouncer had, like, a tip jar or something, I think Hillian would have thrown in, like, a mushroom or two. <laughs> <laughs> No, but they did have their hand extended, so sure, you put the mushroom in their hand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. And They're really good, I promise. <laughs> so, Tina, is Tina going to... Where is Tina going once uh, she gets inside? Is she going to go catch up with Rylu? Is she going to look around and try and go somewhere different? What is, what is your plan once you get inside? Um, once inside, she is going to try to spot Rylu and then try to look for a table where she can take Killian and just start, like, ordering some food for, for him. Okay. So, as you are looking around, Killian, the scarf, mm -hmm. because of this, the, how quickly Tina was pushing past and everything that was going on, yeah, that scarf unties from you. And Killian is in this space untied and what does hillian do hillian uh, still follows i, I like i mean mm -hmm. it, like just out of habit like hillian will be behind tiuna but the fact that he's no longer leashed mm -hmm. um is noticed by hillian the intrusion is is not noticed by tiuna nor okay. it re noticed by rylu because y'all are looking at other things I'm busy. Exactly. So you come in and you sit down and you're placing your order. Where is Rylu going? Are you joining at the table? Or where are you going? 
Well, so Riley, because they went on ahead, they went up to the bar, ordered the drink, and started scoping the place out, which is why I'm assuming I rolled a six. Um, but this, they they know the seedy underbelly. I mean, that's kind of their shtick. So mm-hmm. um, they're going to start talking at the bartender and see if he knows any rumors about a guy named Twom or a person named Twom. Okay. Um, they are just, they're going to keep their head down and say, that depends on, on what it's worth to me to know anything. What's your finest drink in the house? And they point up to a, a, a bottle of liquor that is like the top of the top shelves that are <laughs> carved out of the tree root. It's this bubbling purple liquid in a very large glass jar. How much? As you say that, they point to an area on the bar that is like a built-in Numenera thing that goes all the way around the top of the bar. And it's just got drinks and pricing just sort of scrolling around. It's almost like when you go to a sushi plate, uh, one of the sushi conveyor belt things, and the sushi's going by, it's pictures of the bottles with prices next to them going by and they stop it and it it's at this one and it is 25 shins a a pour cool yeah riley can always make more money i'll order one for myself okay so yeah they will go up and and grab it down for you and they'll cool um so i take a sip and i am going to uh scope out the bar or the um I'm gonna scope out the scene and I wanna mm-hmm. see what's like what the dynamics are. Like are there are there very obvious groups? Are mm-hmm. there a lot of like stragglers? I just wanna scope it out, see what's going on. Yeah, so you spend some time looking around and in the areas you can see there are definite sort of groupings of people. And each one is very clearly delineated like there is a separation between all of them and some of them have more bouncers slash guards around them than others like maybe someone's prepared for trouble and somewhere they're not or they're less prepared because they're they're not as worried and those groups tend to be a little smaller looking around you see multiple places where there are opportunities to potentially talk to people do I see Twom, who is tall, wears an eye patch, and has a Numenera arm, which is what I have in my notes? It sounds kind of stand out. <laughs> you don't. Especially not rolling a six, interestingly. You do see Tuna, and you see a one of those larger groups with someone who is staring at you next to them, sitting down, whispering in their ear, is a guard that looks familiar to you. I mean, oh God. And you realize that Marvel, the person that you bribed and who appreciates you so much, is pointing at you without pointing at you and talking to you, talking to this person about you. And as you look around them, you see that they have, you know, several, as, as you look at them, you see that they have a reasonably large entourage of you know eight or nine people around them several of them are what you would feel are general low-level criminals people you would have interacted with 
at, at that level quite often. And then you can see who, that they have like a couple of higher up advisors. And as you're looking at them, you see one who is listening and paying uh, attention to everything and looking at you. And she seems curious, but more about wondering why this guard is is talking to you. And um, Cage, why don't you describe what this person looks like? So uh, Charlie, Charlie has um, like, a, what do they call that? Like a, a like coveralls, like the like mechanic jumpsuit kind of thing going on. Um, but it's like unzipped from like the waist up and like tied around her waist. And she's got this um, like very like grimy looking shirt. It's clearly got some like kind of grease stains and there's like a tear in the shoulder a little bit. Um, clearly she has done some work in these. Um, her hair is, uh, long, but it's, like, up in a bun, and instead of, like, a pencil that would be, like, holding it there, it's, like, some sort of, like, tool or, like, screwdriver that's, like, holding it up for her. Um, and, um, her face also has some of those kind of, uh, smudges, um, across her face. It's, it's clear that she doesn't care so much for what her appearance looks like, and that she does a lot of hands-on work. Okay. Yeah, and so you see this person also staring at you and seeing Marvel is the only person in here you actually know, and they're obviously pointing you out to this person. It's up to you. Do you want to approach them? Do you want to gather uh, Tina and Hillian to approach them, or do you just have to, do you want to do it on your own? Do you want to ignore them? Oh, no, I'm okay. So Rylu is a performer, so they're used to people like pointing them out and being like, oh, that's the performer in town. But uh, they have not done a show here yet, so that is not what is happening. However, <laughs> uh, Rylu prefers these types of people. Like, this is their this is their group. And especially because they're playing ballet for Tiuna, this is where they're going to solidify that belief. So they're going to approach and um, to like hold up their drink and, and um, what's his name, Marvel, is it? Mm -hmm. And say, even in Marvel, you wouldn't expect someone like you to be in such a place like this. I was gonna say the exact same thing. I can't believe it. And uh, real quick, you have done one performance here where, remember you did the street busking thing and oh. you had a couple, so the, you did impress a couple of people. So it's possible you have a reputation. Not likely, but possible. There's nothing. <laughs> so Marvel's like, I, I was thinking the exact same thing, which is why I was I was pointing you out to my friend here. What brings you to the Murden? And Riley will lean just a little, not, not like in their space, but just a little, puts their arm on the table and leans in a little bit and goes, you know how it is with these rich folk. They like to come to places that can rough up their very refined edges. So I come to make sure that everything goes smoothly. But also, and then Riley will yell, or like not yell, but loudly to, <laughs> we'll say loudly to the group, these are my people. You know, this is why, this is, this is where I thrive. So I'm not yelling in the middle of this bar, but I definitely said it loud enough to where it wasn't such like a private thing. Wow. Okay. How do you do, fellow criminals? Yeah. 
<laughs> to be fair, Rylu's literally a criminal. Yeah. Um, Rylu's a showman. We all know this. Marvel is is very taken aback, and they look at their friend, and everyone around you is just staring at you like, what the hell is happening here? But then uh, Marvel says, I'm sorry, I, I, I haven't done introductions. My, my apologies. Rylu, this is my acquaintance, Wither. Wither, this is Rylu. They, they, they work for the person I was telling you. Uh, and Wither looks you up and down, and Wither is a kind of bulky, just sort of medium-sized, average-looking person. They have sort of ruddy-colored skin and almond-shaped eyes. They're, they seem like someone you would overlook but if they if for some reason they caught your attention you would you'd be able to tell this is someone who's dangerous but who prefers prefers to send somebody else in to do their dirty work like you can you can just tell this is this is a boss this is not this is not someone who you really want to just mess with and whether looks you up and down and says, we really prefer to keep things a little quieter than that. Um, can I roll a perception check on Wither real quick? I want to <clears> see, um, I'm specifically looking for any type of distinguishing mark that I would know for like a rogue. So like knife scars from fights or perhaps a brand from when they got caught robbing or something like that. Yeah, go for it. Okay, and I'll use, oh, that's not right. I will use some effort because we all know I have the Will Wheaton curse. Ooh, how about a nat 20? Nat 20. With Wither, you don't see uh, any sort of marks like that. Like, you can tell that they have augments. They're very, very subtle. They're not like Tuna's at all. <laughs> like, Tuna has stuff, like, all over their skin that you can sort of see. Not this person. This person has... It's almost like stuff underneath their skin, but you, you are looking closely enough that you can tell that they have they have been upgraded in certain ways, and you see nothing of any sort of damage on them. But then you can't see under their clothes, and they are where they are. Their clothes are a much higher quality than you would anticipate, especially seeing Charlie next to them, and. Uh, with your nat 20, you can tell that Charlie is also one of the people to be paying attention to at this table. There's there's Wither who's in charge, and then Charlie is almost their right-hand person. Like, they are, the way their body language is set up is if, yeah, if Charlie, if something starts to go south, Charlie is the first person that Wither is going to be bringing in with them. You can really, you can see that the two of them have this sort of understanding of how things are going to work. I don't think there's anything else really to know about as far as Wither is concerned. You do see, actually, I take that back. You do see some scars specifically on their on the back of their hands and uh, in between their knuckles. And, you know, those look like just from standard fighting and maybe getting cut. But they are, otherwise, they are totally clean. So I have a major effect, and mm -hmm. I can I bank that, or do I need to use that immediately? You need to use it. Okay, so if I need to use it immediately, I want Wither to be 
like charmed almost like like fairly charmed not in like a weird romantic way just like hey this is a someone of note so for a major effect i'm gonna actually say in this case since what you were doing was perception oh that's fair i want your major effect to have something to do with your perceiving something about the room Okay, so I want there to be something, uh, so because I'm looking at Wither, I'll, I'll frame it as there was something reflective behind them. Mm-hmm. And not only was I able to see, um, I want to see all the various exits in the room, and depending on what you consider a major effect, also maybe catch a glimpse of who we're here to see. Okay, you can see all of the exits, which for this particular bar is really challenging. Because as I said, there's lots of stuff breaking things down. And I think... For the rest of it, there is an element that I'll bring in later that you, so it's almost like banking, but I'll bring it in at a point when it's relevant. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I will lower my voice uh, a little bit and just say, um, sorry, I didn't realize I was in the company of such uh, such royalty, essentially. Um, and then I will defer away from them and look over to back to... Uh, what is his name? We were just Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, look back to Marvel and say, well, of course I have to get back to uh, my leash, but uh, here and have what you can. Uh, she keeps the purse strings tight, but and I slide over the rest of my 10 uh, shins onto the table. Yeah, they take it and Wither actually intercepts and says, I have Marvel. Why don't you invite your liege over? Let's have a conversation. Wait, so am I keeping my tensions or does that stay on yes. the table? <laughs> yeah, they are, they are stopping you from passing it under the table. Like, they can tell what's going on. And they're like, you just, you just hold on to that. We got this. But why don't you invite your your your, your boss over? Because I'd like to talk to them, is what they're basically saying. Uh, so I'll palm the money and uh, let it dramatically tinkle back into the purse because it's only tension, so it's not a lot. <laughs> The super drama around tensions. Oh yeah, and then uh, and then um, just say, mm, my boss isn't as great with words as I am, but perhaps I can see what the if they will beg an audience of you, and oh. I will. Oh, they're not begging an audience. I am, I am requiring. Hmm. And then I'll turn around and walk away. <laughs> Respect is earned, uh, even by Rylu. <laughs> oh, seventeen-year-olds. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. You head over to Tuna, and what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to sit down and just start taking my drink. Oh, uh, hey, Tuna. Uh, how's how's everything going? Is, how's Hillian doing? Where have you been? <laughs> you were late getting into the bar, so I took the time to get myself a drink and make an acquaintance. Well, anyway, things are fine, I guess. Any sign of Tuam? Uh, I haven't found Tuam. However, who I'm pretty sure is the... Uh, uh, leader of the rogue down here is sitting over the table and wants your audience. I told them that if they were so lucky, they might get one. Uh, Marvel is what? over there and thinks that, uh, Marvel is over there and of course didn't keep his mouth shut. So they think that you're that person. I thought Marvel knew that I wasn't and that's why we bribed him. No, Marvel still thinks you are. We just, we, we paid him to think that you were using a, um, alias. Like they think you're someone very important. They just don't think you're who you claimed you were. Perfect. So, So of course, we paid him to keep his mouth shut, and he didn't. But 
But essentially, you have been granted the presence of the rogue uh, lord. Um, it's up to you to take it or not. I don't care one way or another. It's caddy. Is it up to me, or will we get kicked out of here if we don't go? I mean, I'll be fine, and I'll, you know, I'm shy. You know, you can hold yourself in a fight. And Tina just points at one of the signs, because there's probably one, like, right over her shoulder <laughs> that's like, don't fight or you get killed. Oh, the rogue wouldn't be so uh, unintelligent as to start a fight here. It would definitely be when we leave. Yeah, I feel like you're really understanding the point that I'm making. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just go. <laughs> lead the way. How can I lead the way? You know where we're going. <laughs> I believe you in the... You saw who I was talking to, did you? Oh, you didn't know. You didn't see it at all. Oh, God. Um, and Ryler dramatically turns around and walks back and goes... My leash has granted you a presence, and then waves Tuna up. <laughs> Don't call me that, is what you <laughs> <to> start with. <laughs> and then looks at the table and the people around it so, and says, oh, go ahead. As you look around, you and Charlie have a brief moment there. Roll a perception check real quick. Yeah, you know each other. You just have that moment where the two of you make eye contact. You have a you have a small history together. How do, how do you react, Charlie, when when you see Tiuna walk up, when you're expecting this noble of the city, or a person who claims to be a noble of the city, on the down low? Charlie definitely does a double take uh, because she is not anticipating that Tuna is going to be the one that's going to be coming up to the table. Like when she's, you can see the questioning in her face as she like looks at Tuna, like her brow furrows, and she's like, Tuna? <laughs> and is very like taken aback, and, and you can see the gears turning in her head like, wow, a lot has happened since we last saw if. <laughs> You are like this noble person that they're claiming you to be. It's, you can kind of just see the wheels turning, but she's sort of speechless in the moment other than like, Yuna, is that you? So you would know that there is no way, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, you know there's no way Tuna is the person they're claiming because you know them. If you say Tuna, what does Tuna do? Um, Tuna sort of like raises her eyebrows and, and looks very surprised, but just says, Charlie. Wasn't expecting to see you here. Well, I could definitely say the same <laughs> for you. How how did you get to be an Ephraimon? Uh, that is a long story and maybe a somewhat private one, she says, and raises her eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so out of character, in order to do like the conversation with Tiuna through our minds or like through machine or whatever i have like talks to machines and obviously she's like also a nano is there like a thing that let's describe for the audience who your character is real quick as far as their description and what that gives you then we'll we'll get back to this okay charlie is a what what is the character description yeah, so Charlie is um, a Nana who talks to machines, and essentially what that allows her is, uh, so she has a lot of different skills related to uh, machinery and 
uh, mechanical type things. So she has training and like abilities with involving like electrical machines and the nano background is uh, psionics, which also allows her to then have like more of an effect on, on like machines and machinery as well as kind of does some interplay with like nanites and things like that within like the environment around her. Mm -hmm. And so she's able to have like a particular connection with different types of like mechanical objects. Yeah. And so Charlie's descriptor is a strong willed nano who talks to machines. What does the strong willed do for you? Okay, so the strong will part actually gives her like a lot more, um, mechanically speaking, gives her a lot more to like her intellect pool. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a huge part, but that's also where she gets like, uh, she gets like a lot of focus when tasks, um, as well as um, she can resist mental, she's trained in resisting mental mm-hmm. effects. Okay. Um, and so she has a lot of different things related to intellect because of the strong willed part. Okay. While she has like that willfulness, um, there are some things that she's not so great at. So there is some like kind of like things along problem solving and things like that, that that she is not as skilled in. But essentially it increases like that intellect piece. Okay. In order to talk with machines, is that something and a thing you have to activate? Or is that just something you get? So I think the major part that comes with the talks with machines is the, I think that's where she gets the distant activation from. Okay. So I'm remembering correctly. The way I would like this to work is Tuna has described how they, how they have built themselves is as they interact with Numenera, they sort of make it a part of their body since they have all of these mechanical parts that have attached to them, and one of them in particular, one of them in particular in the story makes this possible, which was they had a language graph that they used earlier on, and they had the opportunity, based on a really good role, to make it a permanent part of their body, and they did. So there is a machine that is actually attached to their brain (laughs) that allows them to comprehend a specific language. Since Charlie can speak to machines, I think that using your psionics and your particular background, you are able to connect with that Numenera piece specifically to be able to talk to Tiuna um, psychically. And so the two of you can have a the equivalent of what is a five-minute conversation in the span of seconds that nobody else can hear. If you want to do that, you can do that right now. Yeah, so I think I think that she will kind of do that because Charlie's really confused as to like what is going on and isn't sure what would be like inappropriate to say out loud in front of the company present because she doesn't know everybody who Tiuna's traveling with. And obviously the folks that she's with while she's like with them, they're also part of like like a thieving kind of, you just don't know what might be taken the wrong way. So um, she'll definitely make that connection with um, Tiuna. And so um, through the machine, we'll continue to ask like those questions. Like I, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen you since Ashar, like how, 
what's going on? Like you're not who they're saying you are and, and things like that. Go for it. Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah, Tuna, again, like psychically not out loud will respond. Yeah, it's a really long story, but basically it comes down to this person next to me who just cannot stop lying. And there was some- Charlie weird... will probably look over at, at them, <laughs> like, and then look back. <laughs> uh, and there was a misunderstanding when we were trying to get into the city, and now people think that I'm, I don't know, like a noble or something, but we've been using it to our advantage because again, long story, and I know we haven't seen each other in a long time, but I could use your help on this. And if you just keep this information hidden and don't let on that I'm not who they think I am, maybe I can find you something useful for, for your machine tinkering. Like her eyes like light up at the idea of having something new to to tinker with and and she thinks back to to the time that that Tuna and Charlie had spent together and so uh, definitely interested in whatever interest Tuna has and so um, uh, Charlie will say like yeah like absolutely like um, whatever you need um, I can definitely continue whatever this facade is that you're. <laughs> Um, <laughs> noble within the area, but definitely interested in whatever you might have as well. <laughs> I've come across some interesting things lately that we can talk about after all of this is done. I'm looking for someone named Tuam. Have you heard of him? And would I have heard of Tuam? You know that Wither had been approached by someone named Tuam looking to sell the map, and Wither, it's part of why you've been brought on board. Okay. is if this is a place to make new Monera, you are you are their person because mm -hmm. of this ability you're using right now your ability to talk to machines at a place where you can build new Monera would be priceless absolutely priceless so 3000 shins is a lot for anyone which is why this map is still on the market and you and Wither would have a way together to contact this Tuam person. So yeah, you absolutely know. Okay. Charlie would message Tuna and say, yeah, Tom's mostly the reason why I'm here as well. Wither, who I'm here with, has been contacted by Tuam. And uh, and I think at this point, Charlie's probably unsure like how much information to give out to Tuna. Because while she trusts her, she also doesn't really know like exactly what Tiuna is doing here and like that's also 3,000 shin right so like <laughs> there's there is some like personal gain here as well for Charlie and mm -hmm. um and while they have history it's not strong enough to just like relinquish all information that she might have um that's fair I would like to offer a GM intrusion at this point between the two of you, are you, do you want to accept it or do you want to say no? And this is one where I'm not going to give you the option of knowing in advance. I have no extra XP to expend because <laughs> <laughs> I spent it. Okay. Um, I uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, to stop it or do it let it go 
Chaos. All right. So with that, we will stop for today. Thank you all so, so much. I'm Kelrick. I'm uh, on Twitter at Cormelon or at EQ Points and um, expect a whole flood of uh, episodes coming out very soon. So everyone will be caught up real quick. <laughs> um, this has been super fun. And yeah, on to Jess. I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at WriteJessR. That's W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S-R. Um, you can find, oh gosh, uh, all of the stuff that I do on my website, writejess.com, instead of listing it all. Um, all of the my adventures on DMs Guild and Jackson RPG, all of the different podcasts and streams I do. Uh, I'm Aaron. You can find me at Space Persona on Twitter. Uh, Cage, I've been playing Charlie. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RageCageRugger. That's R-A-G-E-K-G-E-X-R-U-G-E-R. -E -E <laughs> um, and you can also find me on Twitch with the same, uh, but with an X between Rage and Cage as well. Yeah, uh, my name is Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. Um, follow at EQ Points for the majority of the things that I do. And if you follow me, you will get all the retweets and all the amazing things uh, of the things that I participate in. That would be it for this episode. Thank you all so, so much for following along. Thank you so much for listening to Cumanera, an Excorience Points podcast. Are your ears burning for another podcast? We cannot recommend enough checking out our sister podcast, Roll to Fail. There are six friends who have no business behind the mic, or even rolling dice. Stay up to date on all three Excorience Points Network podcasts at EQ Points on Twitter and on excoriancepoints.com. Partner dust as I continue updates on the website. Thank you so much for listening. Come check out Dice for Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where we ask the hard questions like, Is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Are seven creatures ethically sourced? What's the real estate value on a haunted castle? Dice Will Roll is a show where four friends team up every week to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition and be hopelessly gay the whole way through. Join Dave, KK, Ritz, and me, Derry, your mythic genderfluid GM, as we play through the Kingmaker Adventure Path and follow a gay human bard, a lesbian half-elf druid, and a transmask half-orc fighter on their journey to build and rule their own nation in the untamed wilderness of the Stonelands and defend it from bandits, monsters, and wicked fae in an Arturian adventure like no other. From getting four nat ones in a row and standing up to the darkest forces in the multiverse, Dice Will Roll is here to help you keep it rolling. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.